1: to the Adventure of Pipe on
2: W4CY Radio. Wake up America! It's time for the Adventures of Pipe Man on W4CY.com,
1: West Palm Beach's number one internet radio station. Here's your host, the Pipe Man. This is Pipeman here on The Adventures Pipeman W4CY Radio, and I'm here with our next guest who has some badass music you're going to have to check out. Let's welcome to the show, Bradley Lake from Sinful Ways. How are you?
2: Oh, not too bad. Thank you very much for having me out here.
1: Oh, my pleasure. And uh, so tell us a little bit about your sinful ways. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, as the name says, you know, we're not always the the angels we we strive to be, but uh, basically the whole band, uh, we we write our ways about understanding that just because you need to make it to your goal, you can't always, like, we can't always find a way that is the most respectful or the most peaceful peaceful alternative, right, to get around things. So we do understand that we need a bit of aggression in our life, as much as it sounds terrible, and uh, we write our music for that way.
1: Well, listen, I've always said people don't understand what the pit is all about. It's not about going in and hurting and maiming people. It's about a healthy way to get out your aggression so you don't go out and hurt and maim people.
2: It, it's You said it the best you can possibly say it. You know, everyone in the pit is the most nice people in the world. You might have that one dickhead, but... You know, if someone falls down, they pick them right back up right away, and that just shows the respect the metal community holds, I find.
1: So true, and it's funny you'll mention, like, that one dickhead. Usually the rest of the pit will band together and remove that one dickhead from the pit.
2: Oh, it is, you know, or you have fun. You make sure you bounce into them a few times for fun.
1: <laughs> well, I, since you brought that up, okay, so I'm old school, and, and I was when... Like, when I was a teenager, I was scrawny as shit. I mean, I'm not big now, okay? But when I was a teenager, I was really scrawny, and I would go in there, and I would take out the biggest dudes in there because the big dudes would be like the dicks that would be sitting there against traffic, you know, and for yep. people that understand understand the pit, they know what that means, and, uh, like, just try, you know pushed everybody out of the way because of their brutal yep. strength and then somebody like me will come around like so fast and lunge up from the ground like mike tyson and elbow you and by time you realize you got hit i'm already around the pit again <laughs> so i'm glad
2: yeah. I'm glad they outlawed uh spikes a bit
1: <laughs> yeah right you know
2: packets were a little bit of an eyesore in uh, pun intended <laughs> yeah no
1: doubt well you know it's funny you say that because I my high school I went to Agora high school and they outlawed spikes being warred to school because of me like I was the first one to do it there that was, that's
2: an odd uh,
1: sense man <laughs> no doubt that was the early 80s so there you go I'm dating myself <laughs> so yeah I mean and I was listening to your new music And definitely ready to jump into uh, the pit for that. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about your new music.
2: Yeah, sure. Well, thank you. And again, I appreciate that. It's also very nice meeting you, if I haven't mentioned that yet.
1: Ditto. So tell us a little bit about, you know, why the listeners would want to run out, and actually they don't have to run, uh, you know, but why they would want to, like, just... Binge your music right now.
2: Well, well, starting off with the new EP, uh, we'll go with the fact we just dropped uh, as Asher Media, who I believe set this up, uh, made a very nice comment about the Atomic Size music video we just released for Manhattan. This is a song that uh, is just an all guns blazing track we wanted to release that still holds a lot of structure and value, but also has that rawness and um, has the rawness and the aggression we want that really holds us while still having, you know, not that typical one vocal style in the whole song, as we are three vocalists, we we uh, we'd like to utilize as much as we can. But uh, as you may know, the song is a very, very fast, um, probably close to 200 BPM song, you know, it just gets the blood pumping, flowing. The crowd, uh, we had a few shows that were that we had during uh, from September to December that all went fantastic and we had beautiful responses. Sadly, um, COVID in Canada, as I know you're in Florida, uh, COVID has been killing us up here as much as, even if it's not that bad, our restrictions keep closing everything we do down. So we uh, we're basically relying right on our on our music right now, and we we love uh, the response we're getting between this music video "Barry the Hatchet," our last music video released off the new EP. Uh, the song "Pursuit" also has a lot of uh, compositions and string um, uh, has string sections just to help you know bring us more to a more mature sound uh, while still saying very raw and aggressive.
1: Well, I gotta say too, okay. I mean, talk about aggression. Man, it has to be like the best time in history to write the best music ever, Because especially for Canadians, because listen, you guys have been locked down so much and gone through so much bullshit. There is a lot to write about.
2: Yeah, um, I wish I could not agree with you on that, but... <laughs> Sadly, I also own. A, I own and run a concert promotion, uh, a concert agency. So as you can probably see, how it's been affecting me in that sense all year in the last two years. Um, I have enough aggression to punch a 500-pound punching bag at this point, but
1: <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, and I've been saying all along. Anyway, I think some of the, and that's the positive of this whole thing that's been going on for the past couple of years is the fact that, you know. I think some of the best music is going to come out of this ever because for sure you have the downtime to actually be creative. Like where we were on the go 24 seven. And like, I always felt bad for musicians. It's like, how do you even have time to write music? It's I, like, well, while you're taking a crap.
2: I, and that's, I mean, that goes back to the dime bag, Daryl, right. Having a guitar and an app in every single part of his room. Right.
1: Exactly.
2: <laughs> <So> <laughs> maybe you have to write when you're taking a crap. Cause you don't have another chance, but, uh, yeah, and that's what you're saying about that. This. this is where metal, I think, is really going to strive for the fact that we're not, most, most metal bands these days, I mean, we don't write songs that are about like, she loves you, yeah, yeah, or look how beautiful she is, you know, it's like we're putting real world issues and real things that actually make us aggressive, you know, make us angry and stuff in our music, rather than just writing about love and stuff. And I think that's where a lot of these world issues are going to start being put on paper.
1: Well, you know, that's where it started for me, really, to, to be honest. Like, so when I really seriously got into uh, the thrash metal scene, you know, everything was about what was going on at the time. Anti-nuclear war, anti-all this uh, crap that was going on. For sure. And, and it. You know, it's funny when I do sit down and have interviews with some of the old school bands that, you know, I knew then as friends. And now, you know, we talk about what's going on. And it, it's like I sit there and I say to them, you know, the same music you were writing then, you could right now just change the names and it probably would be the same music.
2: <laughs> it's a very it's a very sad but funny way to look at it. Totally. That the world. It's like the metal, the metal world, seen what was coming in the '80s and tried to bring it, you know, try tried to put it onto paper and let people hear about it and stuff. And uh, thirty years later, forty years later, we're still not in much better of a place. I mean, obviously, there has been great strides in the world, but we're also we're nowhere near we want to be as a as a society. In my eyes, oh, so yes. that, those issues are still in today's uh, today's paper. So.
1: Yeah, for somebody like me, it blows my mind, okay? So here we are 40 years later, and as much as people think things have changed, they haven't really changed, and that's unfortunate and sad, like you said, because it is. That's what it is. It's sad, but, you know, that you could still be writing about the same things today in music and having the same aggression today about the same things.
2: Almost every song on, I would say, Master Puppets and Injustice for All probably still hold lyrical value if released, yes- like, tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that, that I can totally agree with, with you there, bud.
1: <laughs> so uh, tell everybody also, like, how do they connect with you on social media? How do they check out all your music uh, and all the good
2: stuff? So obviously, as a band, we're standard. our standards are Instagram and Facebook. But, I mean... For videos, YouTube is exactly obviously where to go. We have uh, what four videos out now. Um, three in the last year we released. Uh, one, as I've said, uh, released literally uh, on Friday, so uh, not too many days ago. Um, yeah, so YouTube uh, for music to stream, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, all that good stuff. I mean, if you want to buy it on iTunes, we're more than like love you guys, but it's no big deal. If you want to stream our music for free anyway, we don't care as well. We just want to hear what you think about us. We, uh, we just want to know that you're rocking out with us and uh, are willing to follow us in the future. If you do like what you're hearing.
1: And I think they definitely should because it's brutal and (laughs) I I couldn't give it a higher compliment than that. Oh, I appreciate that. And, and you know, people that are, true metalheads would understand that i wouldn't even have to say that but for everybody else brutal means that this music is badass and you must check it out or or you know you you might not want to listen to my show if you can't support my bands no i'm just kidding uh (laughs) but no seriously your music is incredible and uh so what's going to be happening next okay we just started 2022 what's going on moving forward do you know
2: yeah so basically we were planning on doing a bit of a, an East Coast Canadian tour as we were hoping for the restrictions to open up but where we are right now it's we're actually worse off than we were a year ago so we're not even allowed to have venues or restaurants even open at this point. So we're kind of we're, we're debating on going right back in the studio and just instead of having some songs we were gonna slowly release live first I think we're just gonna go back in and uh, do another EP and just have it ready for when we want to, hit back out there hard.
1: Nice. Yeah. It it is a bummer. You know, I'm over it already.
2: Let this, this EP has been in the making darkest days has been in the making for 16 months. Uh, just, we went through in Ottawa where we're from, we went through nine, nine lockdowns. So, And the thing about these lockdowns is they'll they'll make a date to start the lockdown, but then they'll just keep telling us, oh, we'll reassess when things open up or when we get to the day. And it just never happens. So for us, it's for you guys, it's it's beautiful new songs. For us, it's like implanted in our head for 16 months. Um, but I mean, yeah, we got new material already, already almost ready to come out that we're, we're excited to record. And uh, speaking of which, with the new EP, um, we did have a few bit of uh, lineup changes So on the new EP with the new songs you're hearing, the main screamer is actually now our drummer, where it used to be our old guitarist. Uh, Our drummer does all the screaming now with our new guitarist, Frank Lahache, who is doing all the backup screams, which is going to be inquired in the new EP, even the newer EP coming. Uh, We're looking to have a lot more death metal style vocals, as well as as many different types of uh, vocals as we can acquire, being that we have three vocalists. So we want to really broaden our styles.
1: Yeah. And you know what I it's it's you're the second band recently that has three vocalists I interviewed. And it seems like this is like something that's happening now. And I think it's so cool, like because it just adds so much more depth to the music.
2: And it's, it's funny you say that because we weren't originally a band uh, like. Every song we released is us four or, or four members at the time. Uh, as I said, we changed a uh, guitarist, but we originally did have a singer, and no one in the band actually was a trained vocalist in any way. When we lost our singer, we uh, didn't want to be sitting ducks. and me and the original guitarist just like we kind of sat down and said, if you got 400 bucks a month let's do it let's just go to vocal lessons take how much we can and just let's bring yourself up to the point where we don't have to add a fifth person you know being in a band is already super hard trying to get schedules uh colliding and stuff so it's easy to do the four of us and we wanted to work that way and i got to give our drummer dave the biggest uh congrats out of possible because when our guitarist left which was about two months before releasing the ep he recorded all the vocals and he came from not, I wouldn't say nothing, but within the last year, that guy has probably improved 800% vocally for his screams to the point that we can, we're more, we feel like we moved ahead with our sound.
1: Well, you know, listen, you mentioned Metallica and, and James recently, I saw him saying something about how he, they use at the hockey games, seek and destroy, but they use like the original version and he's like, why did they use that? I hate my voice there. Cause he didn't really uh, start to sing or learn how to sing till after that. You know,
2: it, it was, you really hear the nasal, the nasally and, and the kill them all era. But, uh, and again, it was the same thing with him too, right? He wasn't originally supposed to be a vocalist, but when Dave Mustaine, I believe left, I think there was something that happened where it was kind of like they had to find it or move on. So, and again, Metallica for most of the band is one of our biggest uh, idols. Like, I don't think many metalheads can honestly say they don't like Metallica. But uh, yeah, we uh, we definitely take uh, James Headfield is one of my my biggest idols, and uh, so I respect that that uh, what he says.
1: Well, you're gonna hate me now, then, because okay, so uh, in uh, September and October, yep, I did. Uh, three festivals where I saw Metallica six times.
2: Oof, yeah, that's uh, that's some fun times.
1: <laughs> and I was uh, at their first ever show in L.A. back in the day.
2: Oh my god! Yep. What what venue was that?
1: Oh, I can't even remember right now. This second, it was it was. Oh, I think it was down in like Irvine or something down in Orange County. I can't. I can't even remember. I, just, I do remember exactly what happened, though. I remember after the gig, I was sitting down uh, and over by the bar, and I was like, I don't know, what was I, 15 years old maybe? I, I don't even, I, I don't know. Uh, and this di- uh, dude comes and sits down next to me, starts talking. He's from the band that just played on stage. And uh, he hands me his business card. And there was like 25 people at the venue. And I wish I had this business card today because it said Metallica Power Metal, Dave Mustaine.
2: Oh, my God. eh? Right. Right. And,
1: you know, they were Power power Metal uh, for a minute because there was no such thing as Thrash Metal yet.
2: They exactly. And that's I mean, in all fairness, you can still kind of say see some of the Power Metal in their first few albums. Right.
1: Yeah. Totally. If
2: you change some of those drum patterns up and you, you would get some more like Iron Maiden speed power metal sounds.
1: Well, look, and look at Lars. A lot of his influences are the British metal bands and, and you know, uh, diamond head, of course, but, and budgie and sure. all these bands that, you know, a lot of metal bands today don't really have as influences.
2: No. And that's the thing is, well, I mean, it's, it's a weird way to say that because with the influences, it's like our influences of our influences, if that right. makes sense. Like, yes. We love Metallica, they love these people. I mean, the only one I think everyone could all agree on is still Black Sabbath, right? No doubt. Like there's more influences than you could say for metal than Sabbath as a starter.
1: Absolutely, and you know what's funny about that is? Just yesterday, I talked about this on an interview earlier, uh, but just yesterday, I saw a video that, Apparently before Black Sabbath, Tony Iommi played guitar for Jethro Tull. And I, 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 all these years I've been listening to Sabbath for probably 50 years and that I never heard that before.
2: I never heard that either. I know at one point Sabbath was called earth. Yeah. And
1: that- uh, wow. I can't believe you said that. Cause sometimes I do like <laughs> music trivia with some, uh, with rock artists. And that's one of my questions, and nobody has ever gotten that answer. So that is phenomenal.
2: As as a as a bassist, I do the clean vocals too. But as a bassist, Geezer Butler is uh, one of my biggest idols of all time. So
1: <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, I I do this thing called Bowl for Ronnie. It's in L.A. It's a it's to raise money for cancer. You know, because Ryan James Dio died of cancer, and all these yeah. rock, rock stars bowl to raise money, and Geezer Butler is usually there.
2: That's very, uh, you know, he's probably one of, and I mean, obviously one of the lyricists uh, of uh, Black Sabbath, but he is a very well-spoken, well, well well-desired man in a sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And imagine, like, look at Tony Iommi. It just shows how things happen in life. Had he never had that accident that most people would ruin their career as a guitar player, we'd never have heavy metal today.
2: Hey, it was it, the fact that he made, what was it, soap soap bottle tops or something or thimbles on his fingers. It's like the overcome, uh, the fact that he was able to overcome that, let alone tunings, like different tunings back then were not even a thing in, in a sense. And like he even down tuned his guitar just to be able to play this stuff.
1: Right, well, exactly. The well, drop D e, and the drop E that is famous in metal, that's where it came from.
2: Exactly, and it's it's a very unique way, and I think that it, he would have a very, very, very different style if that didn't happen. Absolutely. And, uh, for sure, yeah. No, it definitely was a, a breeding ground, and it's funny you say that because, you know, metal is always associated with anger and pain, and uh, I'm sure he wasn't very happy with uh, his injury back then.
1: <laughs> no, I'm sure not. And then, you know what else that metal should be associated with, and a lot of people don't realize, and you probably know, uh, is that, you know, People don't realize metal is actually a derivative of classical music. And if you combine what Tony Iommi did with lowering it, that's what it, he basically took the classical and lowered it and created the metal.
2: And it's, it's a good way to say it. Cause I mean, depending on what you consider metal, um, Richie Blackmore, right? He was yeah. almost like a classical guitar. Same with obviously, I mean, Ingwie Malstein's a god but the people that inquired it more in a band style like uh, rainbow deep purple and all and uh black sabbath like it was all classical and blues thrown together in a new style that was exciting
1: <laughs> yeah even some of the zeppelin stuff could be considered metal but it was bluesy and you know or a band sure. like mountain and leslie west i mean or cream either even
2: yeah, no it's it's for sure. I mean, Zeppelin's also again one of my favorite bands. I'm literally staring at a Zeppelin magazine as we're talking, so
1: Nice. <laughs> they were one of my favorites like in the in the beginning of my musical journey. Like it...
2: I, Yeah, I I agree with you, man. Like my band Sinful Ways actually started uh as a Zeppelin cover band with me and the other guitarists just jamming out to Zeppelin 2 every weekend.
1: <laughs> wow. Okay, so here you go then did you know that Slayer started out as a, like a British metal invasion cover band?
2: So like early Judas Priest style or?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Juice yeah. Priest, Iron Maiden style. Yeah,
2: definitely. I did not know that, but I, I can definitely see it.
1: And then, you know, Pantera started out yeah. as hair metal.
2: Yeah. Those, uh, they could have done a little better on their album covers, I think. <laughs> but, uh, yeah no I yeah the hair metal era I mean it wasn't bad it was different it wasn't I'm definitely I'm
1: definitely anti-hair metal I was definitely more anti-hair metal back then because understand you know I was in LA at the start of thrash metal and the start of hair metal at the same time and even like okay so the first club show I ever went to in my life is what really sold me I was like I'm never going to a real concert ever again it was Motley Crue, but before they even had an album and they were more like horror punk than they were hair metal at that point.
2: Yeah, that's true. That's the, like the early Too fast. Yeah. They were just on the whole point of using bed sheets with blood on it and setting things on fire. And <laughs>
1: exactly. They, they lit, it was at the Roxy on the sunset strip and they like yep. lit the whole place on fire, trying and bring Satan in. <laughs> and
2: it, it's, to say because they got put in that hair hair metal sound but like if you do look at their early stuff it's it's very like raw they could yeah like you know stuff like Too Fast for Love and Live Livewire live if they stuck with that sound they probably could have bridged the whole hair metal and thrash metal era together together oh in a no, sense.
1: no doubt about it because they were the heaviest thing in LA and then Metallica and Slayer came around yep. and then Can't, they went yeah. the other way
2: Exactly. And it was, there's a few other bands for sure. Like that, like uh wasp I thought was another yep. one that was super heavy. Totally. Uh, I mean, yeah. And uh, there's definitely some good things in hair metal, but I find uh, it was the whole thing of no one wanted to be original. Everyone kind of tried to follow each other and the one hit wonders kind of killed it. Right. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, the, and the record labels then, unlike now, they, they basically told them what to do. I sat backstage a few times with bands like back in the, that day and, the record labels be like, okay, this is how you're gonna look, and this is how your music's gonna sound, yep. and blah blah blah. And there was only
2: that had any any sort of only their own say.
1: <laughs> well, that's why I I veered off. That's what turned me into like a s- fucking Slayer, or <laughs> you know, like oh. I w- and even Metallica when they went to Frisco and then they started getting big, then it w- yep. we were like they're ca- we were calling them posers too. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Some, some people still do, and uh, I, obviously, I mean, my own personal opinion, 80s Metallica will never be beaten by any other Metallica, but I, I do respect some of the stuff that, like, I mean, I don't, I can't say I love everything they put out on Load and Reload and all that, but it's still at least listenable in my eyes, <laughs> or my ears, I should say.
1: Yeah, to me... Like I, Kill 'Em All is my favorite album, of course, and we always said back in the day when Ride the Lightning came out, if you took Fight Fire with Fire and put it on Kill 'Em All, and took Jump in the Fire and put it on Ride the Lightning, Kill 'Em All would have been the best metal band, uh, metal album ever. We said that then, that way back <laughs> then, and uh, I think Hardwired that song specifically that reminds me of those type of songs.
2: And and they that's what they that's what they wanted to do right for sure they were trying to go back to that early era it's uh, for me it's the the production quality the the new the new sound they use in production they don't have that same rawness in my
1: no doubt the same reason that they themselves like the newer stuff better is the is the opposite reason for me that I like the older stuff better like I, I watched Kirk Hammett on that metal show. And when they lined up all the Metallica albums, they asked, he asked them from best to least in his opinion, and Kill 'Em All was kind of at the end, which, which makes sense because it's really Dave Mustaine music, but it, it, you know it is. Well, the
2: best. Kurt, Kurt was also for most of the writing in that he was in Exodus, right? So yeah, exactly. So he didn't. He probably didn't have too much writing, say, other than some solos on there, anyway. So now,
1: speaking of which. Did you know that Exodus was mentioned in a show recently? Did you hear about that? From Metallica? No, no. There was no a show like on Netflix.
2: Oh, seriously. That, that's very surprising. Yeah, I mean- I'm trying
1: to remember right now. I saw it and I was like, holy shit. It's like one of the popular shows. Look it up. And, and even Gary Holt was like, you know, because basically, what what did they say? It was something like, "Oh man, bonded by blood. That's the best album ever." And the other, the other dudes, like, "Oh, Exodus is just a cheap version of." Uh, I, I forget exactly what it said right now, but it was pretty funny. And <laughs> Gary Holt actually commented on it.
2: You gotta uh, look it up. Yeah, definitely check that after. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So, uh, again, tell everybody how they can contact you, how they can, you know, connect with you, get your music, merch, anything.
2: Yeah. So we are in the, we're in the works right now of making an online uh, website that will have chances for uh, international and more out of city, uh, merch sales. As we have a lot of shirt designs, we'd love to get out there, uh, CDs and stuff. Again, uh, will be on the website and we will be able to ship them out to you guys. Um again, music is Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Google Play, um, Amazon music, all that all that good stuff. Um and uh yeah, for if you want to check out the videos, uh, videos are obviously where where you know you see us like to get to see us who we are as uh people. Uh YouTube is the best way to uh to do it. We had uh Bury the Hatchet and Burst into Flames released on Space on Travel. Uh, the the channel and we just had uh, Manhattan released on Hardcore Worldwide so you can find us by typing in sinful ways they may not be on our actual personal YouTube page but you will definitely be able to find the videos
1: cool and I had a totally dumb moment before and now it came to me I can't believe I can remember the latest season of Cobra Kai
2: that is true. I was gonna say I literally just binged watched it last night, and I was, wanted to say I remember what you're talking about, but yeah.
1: Yeah, where where they said Exodus was a uh, shitty Metallica.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I don't agree a, with that,
1: but Gary Holt did comment on that.
2: <laughs> i I mean, uh, he probably wasn't too pleased about it, or maybe he had a good sense of humor. I'm not. I have to. No, he probably.
1: actually had a great sense of humor about it. Okay, he was like. He was like, at least we got mentioned.
2: <laughs> it, it's good. I was gonna say, if it was Dave Mustaine, it probably would have been the nicest comment back. But
1: yeah, no doubt. But I do agree that Bonded by Blood is like probably one of the best albums ever, and and definitely best thrash albums ever.
2: You yeah, as a thrash as a thrash musician, I like I will personally say Exodus is not one of my favorite bands, but I respect and I obviously know Bonded by Blood like. I, I can know that front to back in a sense in my head, just because of how well of an album it is.
1: Yeah. You know, that's, what's funny. Cause I, uh, I love Exodus, but I love original Exodus, you know? Ex-
2: yeah, no, for sure. And that's, that's the thing. It's, I, I, I do like Exodus, the early stuff for sure. I was always more, I mean, I'm 23. So I had the, the glory I should say of, of growing up with YouTube. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, for me, it wasn't like happen to buy a cassette and then listen to that cassette front and back. I had a I had a variety of everything. So True. for me, with the thrash, it was Metallica, Megadeth, a big uh, early testament. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, the New Order, I mean, practice what you preach, stuff like that. That's uh, D.O. That's the stuff I really got into.
1: Well, see, yeah. for people like me and the experience it was, like I lived in LA and I would hop on a Greyhound bus or hitchhike up to San Francisco to go to an Exodus
2: show. Yeah, in in Ottawa we have to we have to go to Montreal basically, which is uh where it's an hour and a half away from us, so it's it's just shitty the construction there, but it's the same thing for us like we can't there's not many shows that come through Ottawa. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so anyway, uh tell everybody, you know, what you have any final words you want to leave our listeners with? Uh,
2: definitely start off with, I hope everyone's uh, making it through this and um, for all you musicians out there, man, keep your head up because at some point, whether you can't hit the stage, you know, the studio is still there and there are still ways to move forward and not feel like you're just uh, stagnant. I want to thank everyone who's checked out our music. I want to thank obviously you for, for helping us uh, get on here and um if you haven't checked our music, please feel free to. Uh, if you want to watch a video, let us write a comment. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. We're very friendly. If you ever want to get a hold of us, uh, Instagram, you can always message us through there and we will reply. We love our fans. So uh, any any comment or any, any way of getting a hold of us, we would love to speak to you guys.
1: Yeah, listeners, this is a fresh, sa- unique sound, you know, because my listeners... You know, they know I say sometimes that there's some metal nowadays that's kind of like an algebraic equation. They just like they're just going through the motions, pop in in the formula. But (laughs) I got to tell you, listeners, you definitely have to check out Sinful Ways because this is the shit and you're going to love it. So thanks for the great music
2: and thanks for being on the adventures of Pipe Man. Oh, thanks for your hospitality, man. And uh, again, I hope uh, everything's well with you. And uh, I wish you the best in the new year, man. Absolutely.
1: And I hope to be in one of your pits sometime in 2022. Let's see.
2: Well, let's hope so. If not, uh, you know, well, if not, I think I'm going to start going crazy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Me and you both, brother.
2: Can't host a pit or be in a pit. So it's getting a little uh, it's getting a little hectic.
1: There you go. We just want a pit. That's all.
2: All right, well, thank you again, and uh, have a great day, man. Thank you for listening to the Adventures of Pipe Man
1: on W4CY Radio.